Want to bet? You can do it at Sports Interaction. It's Canada Sportsbook. Every hockey, football, and basketball game at your fingertips. And at the end of the week, World Cup, baby. It's going to be fun. Bet pregame, live in play, or when in the many prop bets. Made for Canadians by Canadians. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now to see all that sports betting has to offer. Go to sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. Ontario only, 19 plus. Please play responsibly. She scores! Take a moment to look up at the ceiling. You're about to bust through it. SDPN, the PWHPA and Sports Interaction, Canada's Sportsbook, presents Hockey, like you've never heard it before. The Noxie and Cax Show, with Liz Knox and Carol Emard. <laughs> Let's get it, go! Hey, hey, hockey fans, welcome back to Noxie and Cax on SDPN. With the rivalry series underway, we've got some highlight reel saves and goals to talk about, PWHPA all-star updates, and of course, chatting with our very special guest, Marlene Boss. Boisano. Well How done. Well yeah. done. I like it. Yeah. You did well. Awesome. Marlene, Marlene Boisano. Boisano. I'm just going to call her boss the rest of the episode because that's like a it. lot easier for my English. My English. <laughs> 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 Playing on the Secret Dream Gap Tour this year, of course, with Team Harvey's. But before we get into that, we want to start off with our news flash. We're starting off on a very sad note, actually. We want to start by sending our sincere well wishes and love to the 16 student athletes from St. Ignatius Prep School in Chicago. They were, their bus, team bus was struck by a drunk semi driver. Um, so to their family, friends, the school, obviously all still processing this incredibly senseless act. We're thinking of everyone who's affected and wishing all a very speedy recovery. The hockey community is small and, um, you know, we look to support each other in these times. So, uh, uh, incident very close to many of us and we're just wishing you guys Absolutely. all well Absolutely. from everyone here at Oxy and Cax and SDPM yes wishes are sent your guys' way um, on switching gear here as promised as we did last week uh, we kind of like gave up a, a little bit of a tease about the all-star captains that would be announced and uh, as you may have seen Right. As you may have seen, it's been announced. Um, so we just want to re, re, uh, kind of like iterate who they are and everything. So again, All Star Weekend in Ottawa in December. First captain we've got from Team Harvey's, Marie Philippe Boulin. Um, who would have picked that? I don't who know. Who would have thought? I may or may not have voted for that. <laughs> Who knows? Probably half the world would have. But uh, next up, we've got for Scotiabank is Megan Keller, which I'm pumped about as well, too. That's going to be a fun one. Um, for Team Adidas, we got Sarah Nurse, another of our uh, episode or guests that we had on our podcast. Please go check it out. And then for Team Sonnet, which Sonnet, which you're about to or you named Sunny, or did you mean to do that? <laughs> that was really a little bit of a <laughs> I like I like Sunny. No, Team Sonnet. But we've got sunnier. <laughs> Team Sonnet. We'll we'll have Hillary Knight uh, as a captain as well too. So four, um, you know, leaders from both Canada and the U.S. So well represented here. And again, thank you to everyone who voted. Um, in the uh, coming weeks, we will be releasing rosters as well too, and all the details uh, in relation to that game. And probably the, you know, um, 
challenges that uh, some of our athletes will be going through. So, you know, the skills can comp and everything, uh, the individual stuff. So again, stay tuned uh, and uh, stay tuned to our PWHPA accounts and All-Star Weekend brought to you by Canadian Tire, December 9th and 11 in Ottawa. Be there. Yeah. It's going to be so awesome with those four captains. I can't wait. I mean, it's going to be fun. It's going to be can't really fun. Wrong. Have to see those four. Yeah, can't go wrong. <laughs> and speaking of Canada USA, of course, rivalry series, if you're watching this now on Friday or later, there's actually been two games played, but we've only seen one because this is Thursday. <laughs> so game one, USA takes Canada 4-3 in a shootout. Of course, with that epic save by Nicole Hensley with 39.2 seconds left in overtime. We're so lucky to have Boss here because she's also <laughs> a fantastic goalie playing in the PWHVA. Boss, did you get a chance to see that save on Pooh in the overtime? Yeah, it's one of those that just your jaw is just on the floor and you're just, you know, enjoying it. It's one of those where you're just, it's a show and she put on a show and it's just, yeah, and that's it. And it's like <laughs> all players, right? It's one of those where. No, beauty of a save and it put them into the shootouts and hey, they got the dub out of that. So that's a huge play. I know. Ansley, um, I guess followed her to a T and I've seen that, that move actually in the P dub, um, showcase, I believe last, uh, in, I think she pulled that one in Montreal, if I recall it or anything. And, um, yeah, Nicole Ansley got the best of this one. And the fact, and I don't know how hard that is, guys, I'm not a goalie, but the fact that she's moving laterally to the right kind of stops herself with the right foot and then toes it with the left to bring that out. How are your growings after that? I don't think even if physically I could do that, that my legs would span (laughs) far enough to reach it. I think she would have had still like a foot, but Hensley has been on an absolute heater. Like she has been lighting it up and she did it in Truro. She did it in Montreal. It's awesome to see her finding a good groove at this time in the season. And, you know, Mm -hmm. it's going to make for an exciting rivalry. I'm, I'm pumped to see it. And of course, in the shootout, because we can't just talk about goalies, but we will probably later in the show. (laughs) So what happens when you bring goalies on the show? Yeah. (laughs) But in the shootout, uh, in the game too, like a couple of really nice goals, a couple of big goals. Um, No surprise. I was very impressed by Alex Carpenter's shootout goal. I, I think she's like such an incredibly skilled player. And I probably say it every other show, if not every show, but she she showed that fake shot so hard. Yeah. I was like, oh, he, ah, man, I wanted MASH to make that save, to be completely honest. And I was like, oh, my God. I Yes, that was like fake shot, like to a T. I mean, as a player, you want you want a goalie to bite this hard, right? And that was just amazing. And then, you know, on the other side, you have like Hillary Knight that comes in and just shoves it up top too. So two sick goal from the U.S. Um, and then on our side too, like, I mean, they... they Anytime I go there, I I hate shootouts, okay? And I'm no Potomac. I think she's the only person on earth who wants to get picked every time she goes <laughs> out there. Um, but the stress and everything attached to it, like, I know how it feels as a player. Boss, tell us how MASH and Hensley felt, right? Quickly, just there. I know it's a rivalry game and, and whatever, but just in general, like, penalty well, shot. I don't get it. I think like for any goalies, when you go into a penalty shot, it's, I don't know, I can't obviously can't speak for them, but for me, like, and like, not so you can like speak on that too. For me, it's more like, it's a fun shootout thing. Like, it's almost like a little show. It's like a little competition that you don't really get to see in real games. So it's like this extra 
fun that hockey brings. Like, I don't know about you guys, but in practices, whenever we play, like we have shootouts at the end of the practice, that's one of my favorite parts. Because ultimately you just have a lot of things out and the girls are going to come out with the best moves that they have in their back pockets, right? And as a goal, you're just, I don't know, to me, it's uh, obviously there's a lot of skills and technique and as to how to stop a shootout move. But uh, I personally really like them. And like in games, I find myself like going to my D's and they're all like, oh, you got this, you got this. And I'm like, yeah, I do, because it's good. Like, it's going to be fun. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I do. That's the attitude right there. (laughs) That's probably why you're playing at this level and I'm not, because all I can think about in a shootout is like, don't get scored on five hole. Like, I freaking hate five hole goals. And all I can think of is like, I'm already like four feet tall in the net. Like they should be going high on me. If they score five hole, like, well, I just think, but um, you're a competitor. You're a gamer. I love that. I love that answer. <laughs> so let's get to boss a little bit here. Playing on team Harvey's in the PWHPA secret dream gap tour. Ooh. We saw you play out intro. Uh, mm-hmm. Was that two weekends ago now? I guess two weekends. Yeah. yeah right. Yep. So you're back out East. Not quite. I mean, a little further east than, than where you grew up. But why don't you tell us about your time back home in Dundee? Dundee, New Dundee, Brunswick. New, I love that the, name. Putting them on the map. I want to go. The name just so, yeah, seems fun. <laughs> it's a phenomenal place. And it's the name is pretty cool. And also the location in general. It's right by the shore. So, like, literally the rink I grew up at playing was around the shore. And there's a lighthouse there. And it's as east coast as you can imagine. And it's nice. just a very small community. Uh, it's only French. So I grew up only speaking French, didn't really learn English until grade 10. Um, I was able to kind of make myself, uh, like be able to communicate with anybody in English just through hockey. You know, you learn kind of little lingos here and there, but yeah, never really spoke English until grade 10. Uh, I grew up in Dundee, played for the minor hockey association there called Dalhousie minor hockey association. And then I went on to play eventually at prep school in grade 10. And that's when I guess my hockey career really kicked off because that's when I got um, a few calls, whether it be from universities or from national teams. Um, and then, yeah, so it just, it all started in Dundee, New Brunswick. That's the location. And it was nice to go back to on the East Coast for Nova Scotia. I hadn't been there since Christmas and I'm not going again until Christmas. So it was nice to kind of touch base on the East Coast, breathe in that East Coast air. Um, yeah, that's fresh there. East Coast there, baby. Yeah, I love it. Hey, wait. So while you were growing up and before grade ten, did you play with the guys, the boys side, or the, the girl side as well too? So I played with both, but mostly guys. I think I played girls my first year in midget. That was my first transition. Transition, and then after that, I went to prep school in right. grade ten. So like grade nine, I played midget triple A girls, but I was also, I was double carding. I was playing midget triple A girls and uh, phantom double A boys. Yeah. Because I was in that wow. age to do a bit of both. And then all before that, it was just boys because it's such a small place. You don't have enough of a population to have um, enough girls that play hockey. <laughs> so yeah. you, if you wanted to play hockey or a girl, you're playing on a boys team or else there's not really a team to play on, right? Yeah, so, that's kind of yeah. like... <laughs> everyone else's like scenario but usually a little bit like oh well i mean i was gonna say a little bit older so our generation usually gets that uh boy i thought thought you 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 know you'd maybe skip that and then had some a bit more of like the the girls kind of growing up playing hockey and a little bit like ontario has now here quebec is working on this and stuff but yeah regions or a smaller area um we have to play on the men's side usually. So just wanted to see see what you did before you got to that 
beautiful prep school scenario. Yeah, because I played with uh, with boys, but I say that, but I played with Hockey New Brunswick. Right. Um, I think it was a total of six years, maybe seven, uh, starting at, is it U13 or U15 they start, or maybe younger, but I played with them for a while, and that, that obviously is just female. Uh, yeah, just yeah. female program, so with the female, um, you know, provincial teams there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I always had a girl on my team, me and Marie-Jo Petit, who played in the PHF for a while. Uh, for the Buffalo Buttes, her and I were, um, we grew up together. She's from home. So we grew up together all the way and she went to RNS with me as well. We both decided to go there and she went on and she played at UNH and uh, that's when we parted ways. But I mean, I'll always had that kind of girl on my team. So it was never fully, fully boys, right. which is kind of nice. Um, but yeah, I did have some like playing on girls teams through Hawking New Brunswick and Things like that, and eventually Rotsonello School, where I fully transitioned into girls. That's hockey. awesome that you guys were like that. Your your trajectory was that similar for like your entire career because that's we were mm-hmm. talking about that last episode. Like it's it's pretty rare, especially when you're from a smaller town, mm-hmm. to like have somebody that you you know kind of grew up playing with and get to see their journey. So let's why don't you take us to Rotsay Rotsay Netherwood R- School? R- let's call it RNS. <laughs> That's yeah. a lot easier. <laughs> yeah. Um, so is where, first of all, tell us where it is and like how that whole process works. Like when you're on the East coast, we had Jill Solnia on last, uh, last season. And this is like something that's very foreign to at least Ontario kids, because we just have so many options of where to play. Um, yeah. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that process and in your grade 10 year and how that transitioned you to playing NCAA hockey? Yeah. So basically, I decided to go to Ross and Edward School in grade 10. Uh, uh, I was supposed to go grade 9, but given that I'm a, from, a, from a very small town and uh, I'm from a family of six kids, so when mom heard that uh, there was one of them that would leave the nest were six kids in six years, no twins, so like super, super tight in age, um, my parents were a little bit reluctant at, sending me, at a young age, sending me out five hours from mine because our nest is in St. John kind of area like it's the city's called Rotsay but it's St. John which is about four or five hours where I was from and I would have to obviously live on campus um full time in residences and uh yes yeah, so I was supposed to go to grade nine but I held up one more year went there in grade 10 and then uh in grade 10 when I decided to go there actually my parents made or not made but asked one of my brothers if they wanted to go there and study there as well and uh, he was good enough at hockey and he played with a boys team. So him and I went there and I guess that was kind of the way for my parents to kind of swallow that pill a little bit easier that we wouldn't be by ourselves. So me and my brother, uh, we went there and uh, he played on the boys team, I played on the girls team. And Rossi Nethero School offers obviously a lot of tournaments and a lot of showcases in a lot of different places. Uh, mostly throughout East, but we went to play at Winnipeg once. Like we played a little bit out West um, but overall, that's what really got me exposed to the um, recruitment processes. And ultimately, it got me calls through um, Hockey Canada. That's when I, I think grade, I think I was grade 10, 2014. I got my first call with the Hockey Canada U18 program. Um, went there and obviously went through all the camps and everything. Was able to, was fortunate enough to make the U18 program. And then eventually made my way up into the U22 program. And then I got called up um, by various universities, and I decided to go to Cornell University out of the, the list that I had uh, was fortunate enough to choose out of, and Cornell was just the best fit for me, and 
yet again took me further away from home. That was 14 hours. From <laughs> I was going to so. say, <laughs> how, did, how did your parents and your other five siblings deal with that? Seriously. Like, so it was definitely interesting. But by that point, my other, so I have two older brothers above that one that went to school with me. So it's three boys, three girls in that order. I'm the oldest of the girls. Okay. And the closest boy to me is the one who went to prep school with me. And the two other ones, by the time I graduated, they had been in university. So my mom was kind of getting... She's used to it used now. To she had a vibe of, like, she knew yeah, what was going to happen, how she'd feel. But you were the first daughter, so that's different, too. Just so you know. That's hard for, yeah. that's hard for and mom. I was also, yeah, and I was also the first one to go so far away. My <laughs> brothers uh, went to UDM, which is the University of Moffin, yeah. Um And one went to Dal, which is Nova Scotia. So ultimately, it was still on the East Coast. Meanwhile, I just shipped it to New York. And uh, it made for a very, Ithaca. Uh, very interesting time. Ithaca, New York. Ithaca, New York. Eh? You just went from like... <laughs> Legit being on the shore to like in the middle of, in the middle of the woods a little bit, you know. Uh, <laughs> I went to I went to Canton, New York. It's all good, Canton, New York. There's Ithaca, there's Hamilton, New York too. You know, we're all like two and a half hours away, about three. Okay, but wait, Tema, I want to bring it back. Six kids. Okay, six yeah. kids, right? You're the. You guys had a full stuff. Seriously, <laughs> did they put you in that yeah, and just well, said, "Boss, you're gonna, you're, we need to shoot on something, yeah. right? You're the. It, it, <laughs> it needs to happen, right? How did you become like? Just go through the process. So, two brothers that probably played two or no? Yeah, let's just so start with that first. Played. Okay, so, all yeah, six all kids. So my, one of my oldest brothers, so the second oldest, he was a goalie as well. Okay. And he was a goalie before I was a goalie and my dad was a goalie. My dad decided Ooh. to pick up, up goaltending adult years, just playing with local leagues or whatever it is. Um, and when I was growing up and I started as a player really young, like young enough where I don't really remember it. Yeah. Um, but I do remember wanting to be a goalie for the sole reason because I wanted to be a copycat. Like I was seeing my brother and it seemed uh -huh. so much fun that he was here and he had all that. I don't know, it was just this unique thing and I would get to go see my dad play and he would strap on the pads and it just seemed like such a unique position um, where you weren't just a sheep, like, quote-unquote, everybody else. Everybody yeah. would first, yeah. right? I want Cax to is sheep. <laughs> Whoa, so, time out. I mean, there's some kind of... You said unique and I love that word because it is unique that you want to get hit by a puck all freaking game long. It is unique to think that this is going to be awesome. But yet I get the vibe about, I just want more equipment. I want to look cool. I, I, I get a little bit. My brother was a goalie, okay, for a bit. So I, I get it. I put him in that though. Yeah. That's why. That's what happened. So I was I was trying to see if like, your brother <laughs> or brother no. actually kind of was shooting on you and your yeah. brother, I guess, at that point, right? No, I kind of, I kind of chose to become a goalie and uh All the other ones are players, so we didn't quite have a full lineup unless we played 4v4 with two goalies. Uh, but ultimately, my dad actually didn't allow my brothers to shoot on me for the longest time because my brothers, um, they were much bigger and much stronger than yeah. I was until I became strong and big and whatnot. <laughs> but uh, yeah, for the longest time, I wasn't allowed to get shots from them, actually. Like, my Damn. dad was well, used to I mean, a concussion could have happened quick, you know, and yeah. It, yeah. if it's outside, you know, and I'm just thinking, I'm picturing this well, like. Well, and especially like siblings, like if you're, <laughs> if you got beef with your siblings and you're going to let them rip some pucks at you, like it's it, like, it doesn't take a mathematician <laughs> to figure out what's going to happen here, right? 
Exactly. Um, I mean, we grew up with an ODR. My dad built an ODR in our backyard. So, like, if we were to go out there, my dad would tell my brothers, like, it's shots that are low. Yeah. Or, like, you're not going to It was that simple. And, um, but, yeah, we grew up with an ODR. So, six of us were on there. Um, I would strap up the pads. Or sometimes I would just go as a player obviously to shoot. Uh, but, yeah, it was a blast. Six of us playing. And then I'm the only one who went on to play in university. Um, and then... Yeah, like all my two youngest sisters also went to RNS um, after I finished my first year there. My second year, they joined as well um, because my parents saw the value of the program and learning English and um, that opening doors in itself. And uh, they both played hockey at the um, at the school as well onto those teams. And uh, yeah, after that, they they moved on to playing different sports. Um, all of my brothers, or sorry, all of my siblings except my two older brothers. I actually played rugby in university. Whoa. So they ah. picked up. It was a competitive sport in university, and I wasn't allowed to play rugby. <laughs> Probably rightfully so. <laughs> just because I, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hockey for me was one of those things where uh, I didn't want to mess it up. <laughs> so Right. No, that makes sense. Yep. I, to- I totally I, I that. That makes total sense. And then, you know, it, the prep school was like Team Boissonneau, basically, eh? Like, from both sides. <laughs> you guys ran that show. That's amazing. That's awesome. Do you guys still get on the ODR at home at, at Christmas time? Is, does, do your parents still honestly, make one, or you find it? Honestly, we don't have the ODR at home anymore because all six of us being so close in age, now all of us have graduate university i think one is left in university the youngest one is left in there but all of us have kind of we're kind of in that phase that is a little bit you know we're moving from home kind of phase so the odr hasn't been um put up and frozen over at our place in a while but every time i do go home uh the local uh rink the delahousie minor hockey rink uh they'll allow me to go on there and um i go on there i strap on the pads my dad will actually come out too because my dad was my coach growing up that's amazing I'm out and I don't have a goalie coach right now at home in Dundee. So whenever I want to go on, my dad will come on and he'll be my goalie coach. Even I now, I, I love and he coached me when I was in minor hockey and he coached me, still coaches me today. See, so he's, he's doing cool. the it's a family affair. Yeah, he started yeah. and now he's kind of like finalizing and, you know, tweaking the, the stuff, you know, that TPG can do. So. You know, K9, watch out. K9, look out. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Boss is coming for your job. Seriously. <laughs> um, so let, let's, let's take us then uh, a little bit into your time at Cornell. Um, mm-hmm. You're there 15 to 19. Um, maybe talk us through quickly, you know, your decision to go there and then kind of your experience on campus being a student athlete and studying pre med. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. And, and I kept myself busy. Yeah, I was going to say, and, and, but if you want to do like the, the pre COVID, uh, slash, no, that's true. You didn't even go through COVID at all. Was it 2020 was COVID? No, you, you skipped it. Yeah, good. Right. Good for you. This is amazing. <laughs> skipped it in college. Didn't skip it in life, Sorry, by the way. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Uh, no. So I went there in 2015, um, right after Ross and Edwards school. And I chose to go to Cornell because I was looking to, for something that would really have the balance of being a student and being an athlete. And Cornell obviously is an Ivy League school, so it goes without saying that the schooling program is outstanding. Um, and eventually I want to become a doctor. So I wanted to have something that's going to be very um, challenging, but something that I would have in my back pocket, a diploma or you know a bachelor that would be very strong. And so Cornell obviously had that. And ultimately, too, when I was 
compared to other schools that have that has that very strong, um, you know, schooling background. Uh, when it came out to hockey, I really love the coaching staff. Doug Doug Durow was uh, one of the you know main factors as to why I went there. Coaching staff was outstanding. You can see they were very very involved. Uh, the team was very close. Um, the environment was phenomenal. The team culture was outstanding. The school itself is very much so just the campus. A lot of schools you'll see that the campus is spread throughout a city or sometimes it's spread throughout, you know, regular city population. But Cornell is very much so just Cornell campus. So when you're walking around, it's it's long. It's it's a big school, but uh, you stayed within the school like anywhere you were. So there was a lot of factors that went into it. And also it was on the East Coast. Um, I know at one point I was considering Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And uh, Wisconsin was 38 hours from home. So Ooh. my parents were saying like, well, if you do go to Wisconsin, because they would have supported me wherever, they said like, we're going to have to fly there, right? Which is, it is what it is, but we won't be able to go there as often as if ever you go somewhere closer. So Cornell being closer, just 14 hours. Uh, just, all my home games. Just, uh, just 14, 14 hours. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> my parents would do it in one trip. So they would go down. Dad would finish work on a Friday or something or on a Thursday. And they would just drive down 14 hours straight. Hockey uh, parents, baby, board. right there. Yeah. True and so true. they were right there. With- <laughs> and uh, yeah, Cornell was, the, Cornell was definitely one of the best times of my hockey career. It's one of those places that I'll always cherish. And I was lucky enough that it was not during COVID. So when I graduated uh, the year after was when COVID hit yeah, and when yeah, the team yeah. was kind of stripped of uh, their ability to fight in the Frozen Fours. But I was lucky enough where my senior year, we actually were able to go to the Frozen Four. We came up short. Um, we lost in the semis. But ultimately, yeah, I have nothing but fond memories of Cornell and my teammates there, teammates that I'm still very good friends with. So... Ultimately, yeah. Uh, Cornell was the place for me and I made the right choice. I love it. I love it. I have to ask, what was the rivalry like? Was it like biggest rivalry? Was it Colgate Cornell type of deal? Or was it an Ivy School yeah. Ivy School type of deal here? It was it was Harvard. Harvard, Harvard, Harvard for you, okay. Princeton. Okay. Harvard and Princeton were the biggest rivalries. Uh Colgate was a rivalry, but they were our road team. Yeah. So it was kind of a rivalry in the sense where every weekend we could like fully match up like a whole, how did they do compared to us this weekend? Yeah. Uh, mm. But they were such a rivalry. Cornell yeah. has this very cool thing, especially on the men's side where I think Cornell is one of the, ranked one of the best um, like barns to go to, like one of the best hockey spots or hockey ranks yeah. to attend. Because I love going there. For Thank them. Like, yeah. Like for things the like fans Harvard, are great. Um, yeah. Fans will sneak in fish, uh, like dead <laughs> fish. And they'll put fish on the ice uh, for games against Harvard. Uh, for I can't remember if it's Princeton or one of the other teams. They'll throw tennis balls on the ice. Uh, there's at one point for the lineup of uh, Harvard newspaper. They'll have newspapers. Yes, and they'll I love that. read the newspaper and then scribble it up and throw it on the ice. Basically, not giving a crap about who the lineup is. I know. I uh, love that. Awesome. So yeah. like, like they're naming you like Liz, no- number 37, Liz, 27, Liz Knox. And everyone has their newspaper. No one's like, cheer. I love it. <laughs> and you know what? I, I should have great. known the Harvard thing because, um, in the ECAC at some point we were, it was hosted by Cornell and we were playing Harvard and 
Cornell's band showed up to cheer on St. Lawrence oh. <laughs> to like oh, beat wow. Harvard. Like it was like, I always loved playing at Cornell too. The fans, like it's again, small town, but yet like Ithaca is so good and they are big fan of the yeah. big red, like Bruno, the bear, whatever. They love him. That little mascot too. Um, but yeah, anyways, I, I, uh, I was curious because, because you're like barely like you're 40 minutes, not even, what is it from Hamilton? You're not that far. Like it's, like it's down. It's not that far. Um, I should know. Gosh, I coached yeah. at Colgate. Mm. <laughs> should know this. I mean, I should know this yeah, too. Because I've done the Because it's maybe forty minutes from Syracuse, and then yeah, an hour or something maybe. Okay. Well, it's not yeah. fifteen minutes and, like St. Lawrence and Clarkson, but yeah, I just wanted to see if you it, had a little. But since you guys are talking about commuting. <laughs> This is a question that I feel like I have to ask every NCAA athlete now. Did you have a scooter on campus? Oh, you know what? Uh, I did not because Cornell uh, was very small. You didn't really require a scooter. Okay, Jill Sonnier, we're going we're gonna to call her out for that. Just, uh, yeah, maybe just some rollerblades next time, Jill. Gosh. Rollerblades were really popular at Cornell, but there were a lot of schools that basically when you go there and I went to tour some schools or do some official visits and they had scooters. And it almost came down as like not quite a deciding factor, but it was one of those like this, this school cool. has scooters, this school doesn't. Like it was, it was a, it was a. It factor. is Wisconsin. It is a deciding it, factor. It is a deciding factor for people who are not studying pre med. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not to toss anyone under no the shots. bus, but no shots taken. <laughs> no shots taken here, but it would have sold me oh, for sure, hundred <laughs> percent. I think it sold on a couple other people. Like we've talked about Wisconsin, and you know, top of the line type of like facilities and everything i guarantee nurse clarky and if hillary knight gets on our show here they're they all loved the scooter because they all had one i'm pretty sure actually i don't know about nursey but i know clarky and and uh Knighter had one so i think scooters were part of the deal i think so yeah it's got it it's a bribery um okay and so i did want to say so you you mentioned earlier that you want to be a doctor is this still a goal of yours i mean obviously Pre-man. we'll talk a little bit more now about post Cornell, post grad, where hockey has taken you and where you hope it goes. But where does med school then fit into the hockey world? Because this is a, this is the reality of like women's hockey. All female athletes, yeah. definitely women's hockey, but all female athletes is like our backup plan is like a career, which in boss's case is to be a doctor. So it's pretty boss. Take us there. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely interesting. So I've always said that I want to go to med school, and it's still the case. Um, but I've come to realize the first year that I came out of came out of school, I wanted to write the MCATs, which is the admission test to get into med school on top of your, like, your GPA and all that. Um, and I came to study it, and the commitment that you have to put into studying for that, and obviously to get good grades and try actually invest yourself, um, is very time consuming. And to be an athlete, and especially a pro athlete. That in itself is a full-time job, time of commitment, uh, kind of commitment. So ultimately, um, it was hard juggling both. I was able to do it for a couple of months until uh, COVID hit. And when COVID hit, I started really studying a lot um, and almost took the exam. But then the exam had a lot of uh, delays and being pushed over and things like that due to COVID. Um, and so ultimately, I kind of took a step back from it, having studied it for about a year. And I told myself, you know what, I'm going to commit to being an athlete. Um, cause COVID kind of opened up that door of, uh, there's no practice. There's no, yeah. you know, on ice development or anything like that. So you had to be really creative to train. And, uh, I decided to kind of really 
commit to finding creative ways to train and to basically stay at the top of my game. And so I decided that, you know, you can always go back to studying, you can always go back to school, but you can't go back to playing pro hockey. You know, you're, you only... You've heard um, it here. I love it. <sighs> Just gave me chills, man. So ultimately what, I, ultimately, ultimately what I found too is uh, I kind of started falling in love with coaching. Um, Calgary has a lot of uh, coaching opportunities. I moved here initially and I started coaching with top prospect goaltending with Brad Kirkwood. Mm-hmm. And that opened me a lot of doors and I still coach with him significantly, but that opened me a lot of doors at coaching in a variety of places here from minor hockey through university. Uh, and so I started doing a lot of coaching, a lot of private coaching um, to kind of help pay bills and things like that, especially with the early years of PWHBA where we weren't you know, getting paid full livable wages. Um, so that definitely helped and I fell in love with it. So ultimately it's kind of, a, I'm sitting in an exciting place where I do want to go to med school and it is something I will do. Uh, but right now I'm sitting kind of in a place where it's, my life is kind of surrounded by hockey, whether it be by coaching, uh, by playing it or whatever else. It's a very cool place to be. So I'm just savoring the moment as much as I can. Cause like I said, I can always go back to med school. Um, but I can't go back to do what I'm doing now. So. That's the that's the motto I'm going by. Right a girl, we love it. Yeah. As you should. Spoken like a true boss. <laughs> yeah. And hey, if Haley Wickenheiser can do it after you know her long, yeah, um, you know, illustrious career, then who's to say that you can't? Right. I mean, well, you exactly. have all the tools. Absolutely, and I've been so, dibbling and dabbling in a bunch of things. And uh, earlier we talked about it, Oxia, like. I even had a couple calls of doing some broadcasting. You know, I started doing some broadcasting for the games and things. Yeah, so yeah, just, she's uh, coming from my job. She you is heard it here I, on my on our own podcast. <laughs> I think boss is coming from my job. I think we should uh, evaluate <laughs> that for sure, and then see how it goes and who wins. You know, who's the best uh, no, commentator yeah. here? I love it. Uh, uh, why, why don't you tell tell us about the how the opportunity came up first of all, and then your experience because it's not a, it's not an easy <laughs> thing, honestly. Like the the commentating is very nerve-wracking i would say <laughs> much more nerve-wracking than any time i ever played oh yes i i would 100 agree with that and i agree so uh when i started coaching initially i thought coaching was nerve-wracking because you're on a completely different ball side of the game and control nothing of, <laughs> that's why <laughs> yeah but the amount of things that you do behind the scenes as a coach that no one ever sees but that you have to do in order to be prepared in order for your team to succeed is tremendous you know, like what the people will see, the, t- the tip of the iceberg that people will see it might be a couple hours here every week or whatever, but below the iceberg, there's hours and there's so much commitment into coaching, right? Yeah. And when it came to the broadcasting side of thing, it was kind of that similar feel that I had of like, there's so much going on. You have to know stats. You have to know a lot of pieces about all the players and you have to know about the team and uh, the opponent team and the league and the league stats and the <laughs> everything about... Um, what's going on versus just stopping a puck. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good way to put uh, it, right? It's very cool. <laughs> but it's very cool. Um, you know, being able to give my perspective, I'm obviously I'm a goalie. So being able to give my perspective from the goalie's eye is something that uh, UFC hasn't had in the past is one of the broadcasting uh, members. And no, it was Carla McLeod who reached out to me, um, who's the coach for UFC. And, uh, she, yeah, she just asked, hey, would you be willing to do a couple of broadcasting games, see how it fits, see if it's a fit. Um, and, you know, I figured, why not? Like, I'm here. It'll be one of those things where I'm going to look back and think, like, hey, I once, like, I did this. And yeah. who knows where it will bring me. So, it's As exciting. you should. So and, I, and I never say 
I was just going to say, clearly, like you tried it once and now you still are going. So first of all, She's probably killing it, Noxie. So she's definitely coming oh, for, for your sure job. She is. Second of all, um, does it get easier? Let's let's ask both of you because I do think that the prep and everything. The more you do, obviously, you get to know UFC on a, a different level. But then the other teams like coming in and stuff. Like, does your prep get a little bit smaller, or does it get easier just in general to just be in the feel of the game and saying what you want to say on the fly? Let's ask Noxie this one because I've yet to find okay. it. <laughs> well, once I learned how to how to read the Sport Logic no. stat sheet, it got a lot easier. But there was a lot of shit on there that I was like, "What am I reading?" Like, like I'm used to shots on goal, save percentage, win loss, obviously columns, and then like a plus minus. Like, give me something simple, maybe some pims if I'm looking at Cax's no, whoa, whoa, whoa. or stats, right? Zero this year, but no. So it, you're right i think the the really cool thing i found in churro was like starting to see teams as like a whole versus like just focusing on individual players so like this is why like i'm always curious to ask especially our pa athletes like how is your team identity developing because you're on these brand new rosters and like you 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 have great coaching, but it's so brand new. It's not like you've been with this coach for 10 years, four years, two years, even like it's a whole new system. And the coaches are still trying to figure out what tools they have in their toolbox. Like who, who is this, who, who can play this role or who can do this. And like, so I found once I like understood or could see the teams developing is easier to like build a story around them, but it doesn't come easily. And I was never, I don't know about you boss, but (laughs) I was never like a stats monkey. Like when I played, like I never, I never looked at my stats. I don't like, it, it didn't really matter to me. Honestly, I she thought was just it, too good. It would have like, the potential. Pump their own pie, like tires. So. No, I, it was more like it had the potential to like mind fuck myself. It was like, <laughs> Oh, like you've stopped, you know, whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. you haven't stopped this shot. Yeah. So it's like, I just didn't want to know. Mm-hmm. And now that like, I'm on the more on like the broadcasting side, I realized like how much value stats had to like understanding the game, but I'm in a safer place to look at them now. So I think that's boss. How do you feel about it now? (laughs) I don't know if you get as much stats as she gets obviously now, but even just like getting the, the details of like where they're at, what they're doing so far this season, kind of like what we should expect type of thing for each individual player. Yeah, like UFC is quite phenomenal where they, like when I got there, it was I was very impressed with how formal and super detail-oriented they are. So like you sit there, you have a laptop with all the stats, you have, you know, obviously you have your headset, your mic and everything, mm-hmm. but they give you all the shows, they give you all the rosters, um, they give you the starting lineups and everything like that, and uh, they'll fill you in into the past games, what happened in the past games, and nice. how the special teams have been doing and all that. So when I sit there, I get a very good idea of what's going on so that's been good um and it makes it that i don't have to do it myself does that make sense like yeah. would i have to sit there and go through all the stats and go through everything that's happened that would be a bit overwhelming um but no these couple times that i've done some games i just sit there and i just you know listen and then i played by ear as i go which is i'm getting that's better awesome. at it and uh talking live while something's happening i find myself sometimes watching the game versus <laughs> talking on the game. yeah so that's yeah i like, always like a big save happens. I like have to flip the mic up because I'm like, holy, <laughs> like what a save! <laughs> it's not the broadcasting they want. No, I don't think. So. But, and, and you mentioned Carla McLeod, so we got to yeah, shout her yeah. out because uh, 
obviously coaching the the Czech team this past huge, uh, huge, and and she's a product of Hockey Canada. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, still giving back to the game. Uh, you know, just an incredibly valuable person. I think uh, I just wanted to to make sure we gave her a proper acknowledgement mm-hmm. on this show because, yeah, she's been amazing. She's called games. She's coaching. She's played. Like she's just been one of those people who's stuck around in the women's game, continue to give back. So we want to thank her. Absolutely, we should bring we should bring her up on this podcast too. I think we got a lot to learn from her. Hey. Hey, you know what? And Carla always tells the best stories. Yep. Uh, so if you you will not be disappointed. It'll I love it. <laughs> this is awesome. I love that. Yeah. I think that's cool. All right. So I do, we'll, we'll get into some of the other stuff we have here. Like, okay. Uh, what order do I want to bring these up in? Okay. Let's, cause you talked about it already. You said, you know, during COVID, you had to find some creative ways to, to get your training in. If you mm-hmm. follow boss on Instagram or TikTok or, Twitter or any of these social media things, you have like some awesome content, not only of yourself, like crease, crease captures, like just crisp movements, like good head hands movement. Like for young boys, honestly, like I would recommend watching your videos, just very, very crisp. But then you also like dabbled into like the virtue reality. And so why don't you talk us through some of those like cool tools that you've been using more over COVID, but I'm sure you're still using them now. Yeah, I'm still using them now, not as regularly because now we have much more access to ice, but it's still a part of my game. Uh, but that came into play during COVID when everything was shutting down and there was no access to ice. Uh, Sensorina is one of those companies that um, I reached out to and I basically told them, like, listen, like right now with everything going on, like, what is your what is your program about or is this something I could benefit from? And they, um, they were phenomenal. They basically like, showed me how you can still practice and you can still do so much of your hockey development literally while being in your living room and just needing <laughs> Love a that. four by four area. And it's quite phenomenal. The VR, like you kind of escape from reality, right? Like as virtual reality would explain. And yeah, it was really cool. You get to go through drills. It's not just stopping shots. It's like literally like two on ones, uh, PK scenarios, power play scenarios. Wow. Like it's super. super okay, this is in depth. Yeah, like you're getting your you're getting faced at like hockey situations all day. Like it's like wow. Honestly, it is it's cool. And when you make saves too, the controllers are attached to your gloves, so you're not holding on to the controllers. You're really holding on to your gear, and you're holding your stick and everything. So it really feels like your gear. And when you make the saves, uh, the controller will vibrate, and since it's attached to your glove, it'll make your whole glove vibrate. So it, like when you catch a puck. You really feel it. Like you feel it. You caught the puck. If you make a block save, it kind of knocks the controller and the controller kind of shakes so that you feel it. You made the save. So, oh. no, virtual reality is really cool things um, that I really enjoyed. And COVID was, it was tremendous for COVID times. Okay, boss, I have Thanks. to ask, did you or did yeah. you not during COVID put your entire equipment on and do a practice or you just put the gloves on <laughs> inside in your house, in uh, your living room? In my living room, I cannot say that I dressed up in my... Uh, Damn! I was hoping you'd have, like, a picture or something. <laughs> no, but you know what? So, I don't know if you guys have seen the WHPA, uh, one of the reels they posted of me knocking on yeah. the door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, so, that was the first time that I actually wore more than my gloves in my apartment. <laughs> okay. And I had to do it in the apartment door of the, like, condo complex or yeah. whatever. So people walking by, and it was just a few days after Halloween. Some people were walking by and giving me the look of like, you know, Halloween costume. Like, oh, <laughs> oh, this girl goes all out, man. 
<laughs> she really <laughs> loves Halloween. Damn, it's been three days. <laughs> She's still doing it. She she wants candies. I guess uh, that's what it is. Okay, cool. I just I was curious because like it's one thing. I mean, you shoot with just your skates or whatever, but then shooting with your whole equipment. So I was wondering if you know you get the I guess if you try to get and the max out of it and then fully dressed in your well, living room in front of your couch. Could you yeah. imagine like looking across like a condo yes. though and like seeing some fucking weirdo in their full goalie equipment like in the kitchen? <laughs> well, what, I was, what I was able to do is, uh, so obviously I had those gloves and I was able to work on that and put some padding on the ground and still do the movements. Yeah. Um, but Brad a part of TPG um, or owner of TPG, with him in his garage, he had put like a synthetic sheet in his garage. Like Sick. really the... the during COVID and put in a net there. So you were able to go there by yourself. And then eventually when you were able to do one-on-one times with COVID regulations or whatever, you could have a shooter there. And so I was able to go there, even though no rinks were open and no rinks wow. had ice because of COVID. I was able to go literally in a garage. It was super hot because it was during the <laughs> summer. Um, and but it was one of those things where you just found ways to be creative. And I was literally training in a garage on synthetic ice, absolutely sweating like five minutes in, like I've never sweated before. And I made it work. And ultimately, that's how I kept developing during COVID. That on top of a lot of things, obviously. But yeah, I got creative. That's awesome. I love it. What are you willing to do, right? Like the the, the lengths you're willing to go to. I love that. Before we... I do want to talk about uh, TPG and K9 and, and your work, not only as an instructor there now, but um, underneath him. Um, I wanted to ask you, did you like diverge at all out of the goaltending virtual reality into like... I've seen some awesome like fail videos of like <laughs> street fighting and like walking the plank. Did you do any of that stuff? I, I did the one where you like are tightrope walking or, like between two buildings and Lauren Gable actually like, cause she lived with us last year. I did it on hers and we set up like a little board, like just like one inch off the ground, like not a real board, but so you like try to walk on it and I fell like you in screamed? the game and Oh my god! In real life, I was down on all fours. Like, like I, I, I literally like it, it's enough to get like my heart attack. It was fucking terrifying. Oh Yo, god. yeah, it was so scary. I would for sure. Did you do any of those? Oh, go ahead. Or did you stick to business? <laughs> no, uh, I definitely no. I definitely like it's a virtual headset. So definitely, you're you're gonna go and try things out. And what something else I did during COVID is I started dabbling into vision training. So I wasn't able to be on the ice. So I decided like, oh, what else can I do? And uh, there's uh, Dr. Christopher Wu here, who's a visual um, kind of uh, sports vision coach or sports vision doctor. And there's a lot of apps that would actually work on your vision. And some of them, I kid you not, you're like, I don't remember what the game is called, but you're walking and you're shooting people (laughs) and you're dodging bullets. And it's one of those things where it works on your vision because it works on your peripheral vision because shots or bullets everywhere and you have to dodge them and you see another one coming you have to dodge it and that was a really fun one i <laughs> at one point i tried doing roller coaster ones but like the roller coaster ones always made me feel like sick and yeah, like yeah. i would just it's so disorienting because like your body's not moving at all but your mind thinks that you're like going yes like, that's crazy and being, like, i never yeah, so I never put myself through it because I would a hundred percent be one of those that runs into a wall or like something getting it too like <laughs> intense or like I like I walk in the house and someone like makes me like I jump at nothing. So I would be probably scared of anything that would come at me. Like I would I don't know. I I'm scared of a, a 
freaking bird coming towards my windshield. Like I die. Like, I see, <laughs> I see a segment coming on. I think this would be hilarious. It's like on the Ellen show when she always scares, uh, what's her little oh, sidekick's yeah. name now? Yeah, I remember yeah. his name. Uh, always sends him into like the haunted houses. <laughs> yeah. I would be like, <laughs> like I can't watch scary movies still. I try to watch The Watcher on Netflix yesterday. I don't watch it. Like I'm, I couldn't sleep after. Like it's, I'm one of those. <laughs> so yeah. Oh anyway, sorry. I didn't mean to do it, but I'd be. No, that's all good. That's all good. So yeah, <laughs> boss, back to you. <laughs> Virtual reality. So you did something um, that, you know, you used to train. I, I love that. Even shooting, I guess, not really the best way to do it, but um, shooting at yeah, people. It's all like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah don't be dodging too many things in those games yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Hit those, eh? <laughs> but uh yeah why don't you talk about um k9 and tpg and just kind of your your like path training um out in calgary there yeah so when i moved here i started training with k9, K9 really well from the national team um and essentially when i moved here he has a business called top prospect goal Thinning, and through that business he's able to um train a bunch of goalies privately, semi-privately, go to practices, attend games, uh, break down video, whatever it is. And he has like a variety of things he can do for all goalies. And it was a no-brainer to me when I came here that I wanted to work with him. And he kind of took me under his wing and helped me develop my game and helped me, you know, become a better goalie. And ultimately, uh, I chose to ask him to start being coaching. And it was kind of a no-brainer given where I was and the knowledge of the game that I had that I wanted to do it. And uh, fortunately enough, he took me on and I became a coach for him under him. And uh, I started coaching goalies at all ages, initially starting just on the younger side because I had only done a couple coaching sessions here in Manchester at University and Fire. And then once I got comfortable with it and once I got comfortable with knowing how much I know and how much I can make an impact, I started coaching higher levels mm -hmm. and very quickly started coaching university levels. And I realized that um, I can have a very quick, direct impact on goalies. And so I took it on pretty much full time um, and I coach all over the place multiple different teams, anywhere from AAA to university to minor hockey to U15s. It's it's a bit everywhere. And I do anything from private sessions to, um, you know, group sessions to team attendance, like team press attendances and really everything. Cool. But yeah, it was a huge development into that. And when I, even when I moved here too, he uh, really helped me um, grow because in the PWHPA, we only had a certain, certain amount of practice, certain amount of games the first um, few years, just with everything starting off. Right. And he helped me get on the ice a lot and helped me see a lot of shots. And had it not been for, for him, I probably would have kind of plateaued, but I've only been exponentially growing since I moved here. So uh, that's a big kudos to him. And yeah, he opened doors for me for coaching. So and then, I can't say enough about the guy. Yeah, just, awesome. just for our listener, this is a, we're talking about Brad Kirkwood and he is um, the national uh, women's hockey team, I guess, goalie coach um i worked with him in some of the camps he was my favorite as well too as a you've been in, as a coach so as a bus i'm sure he's great too and yeah he uh yeah. he's amazing for his uh players so i can only uh imagine how much help he was during covid and how much help he is in calgary here on, on the women's and the men's side right because he does uh it's goalies like from everywhere correct we're all ages all levels mm -hmm. all judges it's very, very big. It's very open. It's a phenomenal goal. It's cool. I'd say one of the best in the North America. So, yeah. Oh. Love that. Yeah, I've heard, heard nothing but good things about him. So I want to make sure we get TPG in there. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
Speaking of, I think we only have a couple things left. I did want to go back to our first point, which yeah. we skipped over, but it's probably my most exciting question. <laughs> Talk us through your new pads, your new CCM pads. <laughs> Saw the release oh on Instagram, TikTok. It, like I said before, like goal equipment, just it does something to us. It gets us all hot and <laughs> excited. <laughs> so. Hot and bothered. <laughs> hey, it's Hot true. That's by the that one thing gear. that only has like exclamation mark beside the topics that she needed it's to true. ask. So, boss, please go ahead. <laughs> Make her a day. <laughs> oh, with the yellow, man. I'm sad to see the yellow go. That's true. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm sad to see the yellow go too. And the yellow is actually pretty nice. It was actually a gear set from, uh, use, uh, uh, I can never say his first name, but Saros from Nashville. It was yeah. his goalie set. So cool. Oh, wow. Yeah, very fortunate. Basically, what happened during COVID, uh, CCM uh, were huge. And since my gear that was supposed to be produced that year wasn't able to be produced and the set had been in, had, had been completely worn out um, and I was desperately needing new gear, CCM stepped in. And since there was no gear that could be made with the NHL, they have a couple sets on hand, right? So they looked in the NHL, who has the closest specs to me, and uh, Saros luckily did. And so they sent me his gear. Um, and I wore it since, and it's been absolutely phenomenal. Obviously, I'm a goalie who's always worn white. So when I did, when I had to go full uh, yellow, initially they called it gold. It's not gold, it's yellow. Okay. When I had to go full <laughs> yellow, it was a very interesting jump. It was weird when I was seeing myself in the glass. It was like, whoa, it's not me. Scary. Then I guess it kind of helped me grow into this new set of gear that I designed for Team Harvey's where... I added colors to it. You know, um, the inside of the pad is navy. Uh, I have a lot of orange highlights through the logos and things like that. And then I stuck with white for the rest. And then the gloves have a lot, a lot of navy on them. And it matches just super, super well with the Harvey's, uh, with the Harvey's logo. And I guess uh, as one of those, um, not behind the scene, but as a, a first take, I'm actually designing my goalie helmet right now. Ooh, and goalie helmet. What? Just, He's there. I just shipped it today. Yeah, so I just shipped it today. I got the full design made up, and the artist showed me the design. So I'm not going to show the design quite yet. I guess we'll have to see the bucket fully. But within a week, two weeks here, there's going to be an Instagram uh, reveal of that. You guys oh, killed me. Yes. Let's go. An unexpected little treat there. Yeah. I'm so excited to see that. And I did notice on the new pads, stitched on the toe, and I believe on both glove and blocker, you have mm-hmm. never twice written yeah. the words never twice, not never, never. The words yeah. never twice. Yeah. That's, <laughs> well, that's a good point. Good clarification. Just wanted here. to clarify. Yep. <laughs> Why don't you tell us what the meaning behind that is or significance? If you can, if you can divulge yeah. your secrets. No, of course. I'm, I I don't have secrets. Um, no, ultimately, I went for never twice. I've always said never twice um, since I was a little kid. It's my dad initially that um, him, him and I were listening to Martin Bordeaux. Uh, at one point, obviously a very stellar goaltender um, with a phenomenal career. At one point, he said that uh, as a goalie, he can only do um, so much. But one thing that he can do is he can make sure that he never does the same mistake twice. So from that, I kind of, when I had gear, I was not so keen about putting my name on it. Because ultimately, like, I know it's my gear. So for me, it was more like, what else can I put on there? <laughs> well, for me, That's like, fine. You know, all goalies were right. A lot of goalies will write little things in their blockers and their um, couple places with reminders, right? Like little tape. A lot of goalies 
maybe it's a thing that players all know, but goalies behind the block. We do it on our sticks. Little, you got to see it on the, some people do it like a little something on our crazy. stick. Yeah. No, just a little reminders. So, so for me, I just decided to put something permanent on there pretty early on. And it's the never twice. So never making the same mistake twice is my motto. And I've had that since, gosh, since the first not hand-me-down gear I've had, which might have been when I went to RNS. Uh, but yeah, that's what I've always had since I had it through university. And I didn't have it on the Soros gear, obviously. It said Soros on there because that was his gear. Um, and yeah, this next set, it's I went back to um, having never twice on there. and that's Your motto. I like it. I like that I a lot that. too. Never twice. It's a, Never it's twice. a fun one. It's a, yeah. Live and learn type of deal. Oh. I love it. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Really, really cool. I'm the idiot who put my name on it to make sure I knew it was mine. So. <laughs> Knox. <laughs> There's so many Knox out there. Liz Knox. Knoxie. Actually, Howie, Howie designed my, my pads my last year in Markham. And cause like I'm as much as I love goalie pads, I know, very little about them Jeez. so she designed them for me and she put like noxy with my number so that i definitely knew they were mine <laughs> <laughs> okay well but, but i love that it's a great idea <laughs> yeah yeah it's always fault what would be your um, little quote though before we go back to my boss? Quote? Yeah. uh probably no five hole <laughs> okay okay sure <laughs> You really hate That's all I can think it. about in a shootout. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, so, okay. Couple last questions here. Yeah. You talked about coaching. Um, yeah. You're coaching the U18 Team Alberta, which is big for you because you were on Team Atlantic, right? Yeah. Or Team New Brunswick. Team, team New Brunswick. Yeah, yeah for the games. Years years. That's true. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So 2023 Canada Winter Games in PEI. Uh, the games yeah. are February 18th to March 5th, but women's hockey starts on February 27th. So mm-hmm. you will be, will you be kind of at a commission that, that week then? Are you, you're going to be full on uh, yeah. coaching that team Alberta? Yeah, I'm fully committed to them uh, for that week. And I'll be just, yeah, I'll be flown out to PEI with the team and we're going to go out there and, um, do some damage. Damn. So Team Alberta, right? Going to PI. So you're going to East Coast again, but coaching. Yeah. yeah okay. Okay. Let's go. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah, it'll be interesting because I've played with that team at Manning that we're going to play the games. Yeah. Uh, so I know, obviously, I know a lot of the I was going to say. I know a lot of the, <laughs> the background of that team. It'll be interesting, but ultimately, uh, it's a lot of people like to ask me, like, oh, like, how does it feel to be essentially be a trader, you know, kind of joking around? And ultimately, I see it as I'm developing the women's game or the girls' game in Canada, right? And that's all I'm here for in North America, however you want to see it. Uh, whether it be in New Brunswick, Love it. whether it be in Alberta, is growing the women's game, right? And being able to give back however I can, and that funnels into it all, right? So it's unfortunate that I can't be with Team New Brunswick because truly that's where my roots are. And obviously, <laughs> I'm very much so rooting for them. Um, but at the same time, you know, here is my home. Right now, like Alberta has been my home for the past three years and for another however long. So ultimately, uh, you know, I'm rooting for Team Alberta. Oh, I get it. Then. That's good. Yeah. That's yeah. good. I just, you know, best case scenario finals against Team Atlantic <sighs> and Alberta takes the cake, but <laughs> <laughs> maybe in a shootout after some stellar oh, goaltending, let's you know? Go. Like, let's get that scenario. It's like a movie We're writing right it. There. We're writing it for you. <laughs> Um, no, I love that. Honestly, Boston, you're a great ambassador for the game. And, um, you know, we're happy to have you part of the PWHPA. This is, 
these are the kind of people that we want representing our organization. And I think that speaks to kind of probably why you joined the PA in the first place mm-hmm. um, without getting too serious there. But yeah. Harvey's makes your hamburger a beautiful thing. <laughs> this is my a beautiful thing question for you. I love those. <laughs> You've... You've been part of some elite goaltending duos, including PWHPA currents like Lindsay Browning, of course, yep. and Renee Debian and Jen Lacasse this year with Harvey's. Yep. What makes your goalie partnership a beautiful thing? <laughs> I would say camaraderie and being super light. Uh, I would say Lindsay Browning was one of my, one of my best goalie partners um, at Cornell. Obviously, I was there at Cornell with her for a couple of years and she's in the PW this year, which is really exciting. Uh, and I've had tremendous bully partners all around. You know, it's kind of, it would be impossible to pick one Ooh, best, okay. but just for example, with Lizzie Browning, it was constantly getting to the rank every day and just cracking jokes, being like, like if you go and practice and you get absolutely lit up and it's not a good day, <laughs> it's, only, it's finding a way to kind of laugh it off and be like, you know what? Like shit happens kind of thing. Like, <laughs> absolutely. You know, being able to be like, uh, and having that camaraderie and just wanting to make each other better too. That's a big one. Um, ultimately you're, you are competitors and it is, it is competition for whoever's going to be in net, but you do not get to get in that net unless you're, you know, the best goalie out there. I think the best players and the best goalies make their teammates better. Yeah. So I think that's a big part of it is, uh, having a goalie partner who is there to make you better alongside making themselves better, of course. And, um, yeah, that's what makes a goalie partner a beautiful thing. I love it. She even crushes the line at the end. Oh my gosh. That was good. Star drop. Yep. We're done. <laughs> that's it. Uh, no, I, honestly, like I, I said at the beginning, I don't, I don't remember if we were recording or pre-recording, but you know, I, I haven't got to know boss that, that well, uh, you know, a new player to the PA and obviously started playing after, after my time, but uh, I just think you're such an incredible ambassador for the game and um, a great voice. Your English is fantastic, by the way. Way better than mine. I took mine. French all the way to grade 10. Yeah. I took French from like, you know, elementary school to grade 10 and it's gone. So I'm impressed. <laughs> I'm very, very impressed. Um, yeah. Honestly, thank you so much for coming on today. You're fantastic. We wish you luck with your coaching. Uh, your training, everything that you're doing for the PA and, and for women's hockey at large. It, it's awesome. There's no secret why they call you the boss. Yeah. It's a good nickname. It's no, perfect. It's yeah. And, it's and you know what? For les gens de Dundee, on devrait faire juste une petite partie en français. Juste comme ça. What? Moi, je te remercie d'être ici aujourd'hui. On va pas prendre trop de temps, mais on salue tout ton oh. monde là-bas. D'où tu viens? Oui. Qui ont grandi, qui ont fait qui tu es aujourd'hui, ça. Si tu veux dire quelque chose, go for it. Mais ça, c'est une communauté francophone. Je veux dire, sans avoir eu euh, dans, mon, euh, dans mon cheminement, c'est juste pour ce que je suis aujourd'hui. Alors, c'est sûr que le monde de, au Dundee, puis à Dundee, puis dans le nord de Nouveau-Brunswick, euh, si ça serait pas euh, avec euh, leur aide, je serais pour ce que je suis aujourd'hui. Hey. So, certainement, un gros merci à eux autres. J'adore l'accent acadien. Love it. I love Mais, the accent. This was perfect, Marilyn. <laughs> yes, I would. I was just gonna say both of those things. <laughs> no, but basically, we salute the Dundee community and everything they've done for her and stuff. So, uh, shout out to them. And I want to come visit now. Yep. Turn the map. Yeah, I love that. It's beautiful out there. <laughs> of course, 
We have to round out the rivalry series. The Game 3 is happening this Sunday, November 20th in Seattle, Washington. For the PWHPA, we've got Pittsburgh November 26th, 27th with clinics on the 25th. And of course, All-Star Weekend with more details to come in Ottawa, December 9th to 11th. You got it. Schedules, tickets, and more. PWHPA.com. From the Noxine Cax Show, I'm Liz Noxus Skrell, and this is Marlene Boissonneau signing off. Thank you so much. Thanks yeah, for thanks being for there. Thank you, Marlene. That was a blast. The Noxie and Cax Show on SDPN, produced in partnership with the PWHPA and presented by Sports Interaction, Canada's sports book. Follow Noxie and Cax on Twitter at 27Noxie and at CareLMRD. The views expressed are those of the individuals and are not necessarily those of the PWHPA. Check out sdpn.ca for more Noxie and Cax and the rest of the SDPN crew. She scores! <laughs>